1: And the best part? You can try it yourself with their 7-day free trial. Sign up today at philo.tv slash poppods. That's P-H-I-L-O dot TV slash P-O-P-P-O-D-S to get 50% off your first month.
2: Welcome to another edition of the Talking Metal Podcast, home of all things hard rock and heavy metal. I'm Mark Striegel, host and producer of this show since 2005.
0: Hey guys, it's Mark Striegel of the Talking Metal Podcast. Welcome to another edition of the show. Today we have the one and only James Durbin on the show. Now, if you don't remember James, you most likely saw him. 55 million viewers were watching American Idol when he was on it. Yeah, that's per episode. I mean, it's just insane. I mean, what is there, like 500 million in the country or something? I mean, that's an insane number of people and they watched this guy and he had a great voice and he did something really cool for heavy metal when he was on American Idol he brought heavy metal and hard rock to the masses and I just think that that's uh, an amazing thing and he single-handedly did this you know he brought Judas Priest to American Idol and whether you like American Idol or you didn't like American Idol what James did was a cool thing and a good thing for the heavy metal community. He brought Zach Wilde to American Idol. He played, you know, Another Thing Coming, Breaking the Law, uh, Heavy Metal by Sammy Hagar. He played that with Zach Wilde. He did a lot of good things to put heavy metal out there in the mainstream when he was on American Idol back in 2011. So having said that, he's continued his, uh, his career And he's out there touring in a van, a van that sometimes doesn't run so well. We're going to hear about that. And he's uh, doing things, you know, on a somewhat indie level. And I have a lot of respect for him. And I think his new record that was just released, Riot on Sunset, is very strong. We're going to hear a little bit from the record. And then we're going to hear from James. So stay tuned for that. I did want to mention I was at the sold-out Guns N' Roses concert on Saturday night here in New Jersey at what we used to call the Meadowlands. We used to call it Giant Stadium. It's now MetLife Stadium, and it was absolutely insane. I rarely am at a show where over 80,000 tickets have been sold. This show was sold out. Giant Stadium holds about 82,000 people. I don't know if that includes the people on the four floors cause so it could have been 80, 86 or eighty seven thousand. It could have been ninety thousand as far as I know. I don't know. The place was sold out. It was absolutely insane. I mean, just one of the biggest concerts I've ever been to. I saw McCartney at Giant Stadium. I think he sold it out barely. Um maybe not. I don't I don't really remember. Um I do remember it was full. I saw you two there. That was sold out. I saw the Stones there. That I believe was sold out. Saw Metallica at Giant Stadium. That was not sold out. Saw Ozfest at Giant Stadium with uh, a partially reunited Sabbath. Before they got Bill Ward back, Um, they were just—it was just you know that first initiation of Sabbath getting back together didn't include Bill Ward. He he later came into the picture. So it's kind of funny they're going out without Bill Ward and they when they first reunited it was also without Bill Ward. I guess it's a whole nother conversation but that was not sold out I remember that not being really well attended for some reason in the big stadium maybe 20 30,000 people which when you play to 20 or 30,000 people that's an amazing crowd by any standard much more than most arenas however when you're playing in a stadium sometimes it, it doesn't really look good because half the place is empty you know but guns delivered they were just uh fantastic um no, another band i saw there by the way was uh, metallica i remember seeing metallica at giant stadium but yeah gun guns and roses sold out at giant stadium just a great night they did go on later than i was expected uh, expecting i'd been hearing they were going on earlier they went on about 10.05 10.05 they went on about and uh, played until about 12.55. So it was a long night, late night, but it was a lot of fun. Guns N' Roses, sounding great. And just, uh, you know, really, no pun intended, a a once-in-a-lifetime thing to see those guys, especially in front of a crowd like that. So if you have a chance to see Guns N' Roses on this uh, stadium tour, I highly recommend it. All right, so without further ado, let's get into a little new music by james durbin guys uh after the 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 song smackdown it's called we'll hear from james durbin and the one thing that's weird about this is the um interview ends abruptly he's telling me about how he got zach wilde on american idol and the phone cut out I could not get him back on the line. There were technical issues. We were trying, but he was driving, and he was in a, a no no cell phone uh, area. So there you go. Enjoy this and support James Durbin. Go buy his CD on CD Baby, Riot on Sunset. We'll have links up to it in today's show notes on TalkingMetal.com. All right. Thank you.
1: Could get a second chance just one last time.
2: Hey, this is Mark Striegel, and on the line we have James Durbin, and he is traveling while we speak to him, which I guess that means, James, your your van, which I heard broke down, is is now repaired. Is that correct?
3: No, that is completely incorrect. Uh, <laughs> by, my van, I had to sign over the title in Vancouver, Washington, to have it towed to a graveyard.
2: Oh, my God. Yeah, See? the
3: motor completely died the belt wasn't turning with the motor, it was just going boom, 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 and, and uh, yeah, I, I left a few uh, footprints in that door, oh, uh, man. but we are now, uh, with the help of the uh, Enterprise Car Rental people out in Vancouver, Washington, uh, we are now in two vehicles caravanning uh, the rest of the two weeks of tour.
2: Oh, wow, so that was your, your personal van, you owned that van?
3: Yeah.
2: No oh, man. Yeah, so that
3: was highly unfortunate that uh, that's the way that it had to go down. But
0: you know uh, we really
3: have uh, the heavens to thank that we were right next to an exit uh, in a, in an actual town and not about an hour ago out in the desert.
2: Right. Yeah. Right. Well. Yeah. yeah. So, hey, hey, Sorry to hear that. But but let's let's talk about better things. How about your new record? It sounds fantastic. Riot on Sunset. Uh, I want to hear all about this record i want to hear who's playing on it i want to he- talk about the songs um l- let's let's start off there who, who plays on this record with you because it, it sounds like you got some fantastic musicians backing you up
3: yeah absolutely uh i played a lot on it i wrote seven of the twelve songs on there uh solely my own um composition the few co-writes and then two songs that were written by outside writers um a couple of the songs, uh, some of the instrumentation was from the original demos. So uh, guys like Tommy English, who's a big uh, producer in L.A., as well as P.B.A. yellow who is the current bass player and keyboard player for 30 Seconds of Barn. Oh, okay. Um, uh, in addition, I played I played a bunch of bass, a bunch of guitars, rhythm, and, and then uh, my band, my current touring band, is uh, consisting of... Uh, Mark Putnam on lead guitar. He played all those beautiful solos on songs like uh, City of Nightmares, the song Beautiful, something, Livin' 19, and, uh, Keeps Me Alive, all those killer songs. There's uh, my bass player, DJ Patton, and then uh, my drummer, Eric Peterson. We tracked all the drums live, uh, except for, I believe, the one song that uh, we did not provide the, uh, the tracks to for the demo
2: which uh for We Are The End okay cool and and are those the guys the, the touring guys with you that are in the Smackdown video yes exactly cool cool and the record again Smackdown great tune really digging that but I wanted to go to the title track, which starts off kind of more uh, mellow, acoustic. It kind of builds as it goes on. I, I think it's it's a great tune. It's called Riot on Sunset. Again, the title track off the record. What's the story? What What is the Riot on Sunset?
3: Uh, the song Riot on Sunset is directly inspired by a uh, huge riot in the 1960s on the Sunset Strip. Basically, kids just wanted to stay out late to sing and uh, let their three flags fly and some you know, it's just kids. And uh, so they put these curfew riots uh, on all these kids. And, and I wrote the song when I was 21 uh, in my bedroom at my mom's house, uh, the bedroom I grew up in. And wow. It just came from this place of need and this, this place of why are we told that we can't do things that make so much sense? You know, music is, uh, music is, is medicine. Music is, is a, it's healing. You know, it has so many healing powers to it. So if kids are listening to music and wanting to, you know, lose uh, themselves to hit the music, you take that away from them. And that's just, you know, that's just evil. So I wrote that song, and uh, true to its potential and to its subject matter, I tried putting that song on my uh, both of my previous albums, which I was with a label at. And, um, and both times they, they said, you know, this song isn't good enough. We don't like it. Or,
1: really? or, on the other
3: hand, would you mind changing the song to Riot on Main Street? Everybody has a Main Street in their town, and maybe more people will get it that way. And, you know, I really stuck to my guts with this song because um, it, it just comes from a, a real place, you know, and, and it has so much history and, and, and heart to it for me. Um, and then when it came time for me to get my release papers and walk away from my record, show, uh, they kept the song and they wouldn't give it back. So we fought really hard.
2: absolutely i mean the sunset strip just uh, in rock history just such an important place going back to the 60s like you said and you know for me growing up as a kid i'm I'm a, a lot older than you but you know the sunset strip was just where all my heroes hung out from van halen to you know motley crew and and rat and and you know guns and roses and so many great bands that were such an influence on me uh come come out of that so when i heard riot on sunset i kind of Thought, oh, it must kind of be about that era of the of the Sunset Strip. You're telling me it's not. It's about the, the riots that happened earlier. But talking about the '80s era of Sunset Strip, how how, how influential was that scene on you?
3: Oh, uh, highly, <laughs> yeah. uh, very noticeably on this album. Uh, actually, when I wrote that song right on Sunset, uh, I'm fronting a band called Hollywood Stars, and we, we like to kind of homage to that uh, to that era. And um, you know the, the way that we dress, the way that we kind of portrayed that. And uh, growing up in Santa Cruz, California, one of the bands that I had to look up to was a local band by the name of Dirty Pinch. And before that, they were known as Answered. They were started as a Poison Tribute band, and then they started to play their own songs. and they, you know, worked their way up as it were, you know, kicking a handful on the, on the Independence. They played the early um, Oklahoma and whatnot. Oh, so there's, okay. There's this, there's this group, this large number of people out in uh, in Oklahoma that all have these Dirty Penny tattoos uh, nice. uh which I've loved. Uh, so it was, it was really cool. 80s music has always been very important. Uh, classic rock, that uh, even you know, stepping earlier to the 70s with early greens, and, of course, you got Zeppelin and Sabbath right. and Deep Purple and, you know, all the, all the, uh, all the masters.
2: Yeah, the, 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 the godfathers of it all, definitely. What, what was Aaron Lee's involvement uh, in, in the record? I mean, he's a friend of mine, and he's the guy who actually uh, connected me with, with Ken and, and you. So uh, what was his involvement with the record?
3: So Aaron is uh, a really, really great friend of my co-producer and mixer and engineer and master of the whole album, uh, Father Rick and Owner of Rocker Studios in Santa Cruz, and uh, so we were working. You so we were really working on our anthems off, and uh, we ended up setting it meet, and then wanted to end up actually having to move that release date sooner, um, which required just more, you know, more work. If you were, with the amount of songs and then the amount of time that we had to finish, and Rick brought up uh, brought up Aaron, and uh, Aaron has, uh, as, as you know, Aaron has been the the bass tech for Y&T and stuff fell through with their bassist, and now he is the bass player of y and uh, as well as other things. He's a kick-ass mixer and bass player and keyboard player. So um, I had Aaron mix two uh, of the songs. I, I believe Aaron mixed five songs on the album. Oh, cool! And six, uh, uh, the other seven, I believe something, like that. and um, yeah, Aaron played uh, keyboards on it. Played keys on. Uh, last juice has
2: gone and uh, keeps me alive. excellent excellent cool yeah Aaron's a great guy and Frank Hannon does a lot of work with Frank Hannon too so talented dude for sure so uh, the the we're gonna hear some music off the off the record in just a bit guys but Before we let James go, I just kind of wanted to revisit a little of of your past, James, because, you know, back, I guess it was like 2011 when you were on American Idol, you know, when it was still just booming in the ratings, 55 million viewers or more on some of those episodes, which is just insane. You did such a cool thing for the metal community because you brought metal to that show, which in a way that had never been done before. And, and. Exposed it once again to the, the the masses, and I wanted to just hit upon some of that. Like, how how did how did the whole thing with Priest end up happening? I know you you covered one of their songs, and but then later in the season, you actually got Judas Priest to appear on American Idol with you. Um, can you talk about how that all came about?
3: Yeah, absolutely. It's kind of a long story. I'll try and short just best that I can. Um, Stop to my ramble. So uh, it came down to the top 24, which was when uh, the 12 girls, 12 guys performed on separate nights. And so we were looking at the song list to uh, try and figure out what we were each going to sing. So I perused the list over and over, back and forth, through and through. And uh, didn't really see anything that I liked. And the last time I was just kind of combing through with a fine-tooth comb and saw that you got another thing coming was on there. And of course... I love just music in general, and I know that Rob boy voice, uh, and mine could, so you that know, I could get that and, and push that forward. And I was thinking, well, this is awesome! This is going to be so cool! I guarantee Judas Priest has never been sung on Idol. I wanted to do things that, you know, cause there's been other rock singers on the show. There's people that also think high and have a large, wide range uh, as I do it, and. What can I do to set myself apart from them? You know, I, I wanted to not think those things. Home. So found the priest song took it to the producers, and they were like, "Judas Priest." Oh, I didn't know we had Judas Priest sold this list. And <laughs> it's just being kind of funny, it's kind of yeah. weird about it. Uh, but you know, they they let me do it, and uh, I. I Rehearsed it a bunch of times. I was like, "No, we got to turn the, we got to get the guitars heavy, really heavy, real big. Turn the drive up, turn the gain up. Like, listen to the record, and then double it." Yeah. And so we did it, and it got a great response. And immediately, I got uh, a response from Rob Halford um, and their management. And so I, I kept singing and kept, it, you know, week after week. And at a certain point, uh, the producers come to you and say, "You know, we'd like to have you perform." Uh, individually with, uh, a, a guest artist, uh, or band. And so they came to me with Def Leopard or Judas Priest. And, and I'm not a huge Def Leppard guy, and right. also I didn't think any of their music on the show. Uh, so immediately it was Judas Priest. And so fast forward to the finale. Uh, they got me to the stage and, uh, to do rehearsal and to meet the band, and, and they were all amazing. And
1: unfortunately, it was
3: right before. Oh, I'm sorry. It was right after KK Downing had quit. He quit like right. a week earlier, but then they brought in Richie Faulkner, and Richie, just, head over heels, he's a, he's
2: a beast. He's incredible. Yeah.
3: So it was really cool. It was Richie's first show with Priest was live on American
2: Idol. Really? Okay, I, did, I, I mean, yeah. I I love Richie, and I think he's added, a, especially live, added such an energy to the band. I had I didn't realize that was his first show with with Priest. That's awesome. Awesome,
3: yeah, yeah, it was, it was really good.
2: Cool. Now, another cool thing really, you really did. Good. Another cool thing you did while you were uh, on the show was bringing out Zach Wild and doing Sammy Hagar's Heavy Metal, which I thought was just another awesome moment on the show. How, how did that come about? Did you uh, did you know Zach beforehand, or was that your first time meeting him?
3: So I. Uh, that's another great story. So Chris Jericho. Uh, wwe's chris jericho sure. uh, among other things was on dancing with the stars at the same time dancing with the stars filmed in the exact same building as american idol wow. a big giant building at the cbs studios uh on beverly behind me, Grove in la
0: there is a
3: uh, there's one building and it has two sides to it so if the sides were divided by a hallway and and the idol people never went over to the dancing side. The dancing people never came over to the idol side. But I think it was right when I had done Judas Priest. Um, so it was right when Hulk Hogan came out. Uh, not long after that, Jericho found out that I was a wrestling fan. And, and, uh, and so we started hanging out. We went to a couple concerts together, had dinner together a couple times. And then it came time for Songs for Movies Week. And I kind of had this struggle and this poll. Uh, With the onset mentor at the time, which was Jimmy Iovine from Interscope, right?
2: Right. Right. (laughs) Well, James. Hello. Are you there?
0: Heard was the title track, Riot on Sunset by James Durbin. Go pick that up on CD Baby or on iTunes. We'll have links up in today's show notes. Support us with a PayPal donation and uh, also use our Amazon links. by a t shirt in the merch section. That's it for today, guys. Uh, again, sorry that interview cut off abru- abruptly at the end. I feel bad about that, but uh, we are pretty much done. Uh, we'll have to have James back at some point to finish that Zach Wilde story. Um, cool. All right, guys. That's it for today, and here is a little Judas Priest, a song James once covered on American Idol. This one he didn't do with Judas Priest. He did it with the American Idol band, Uh, but it was what kind of um, later prompted James and Rob Halford and Judas Priest and American Idol to all come together and and, uh, perform live on American Idol. So here we go. Another Thing Coming, off screaming for vengeance by Judas Priest.